Hey there, this is Joshua Porter with Elite Seller. Welcome back to another amazing episode with the Elite Seller Show. Today's guest is Vanessa Hung, and Vanessa is a dynamo in the Amazon industry. She has her own agency called Online Seller Solutions, and uh, you can find her on Facebook or Instagram, LinkedIn at Full Time Amazon. She is a powerhouse when it comes to understanding the alerts on Amazon and how to be able to catalog them, figure them out, and resolve issues with them. So with that being said, I'm going to let uh, Vanessa Hung take it off. What do you see as the biggest challenges with alerts on Amazon? Hi, Josh. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, well, in the catalog side, I think that the biggest alert are the ones that happen and change things in the listing where it can hurt, suppress, or you know, remove the listing from the catalog, meaning that buyers cannot see it anymore. So this is a very common situation for sellers that had like very nasty competition or that just don't know how to manage the catalog, or they put a, an information that is wrong or they don't put any information and somebody can come and change something in their listing and the listing just disappear. You don't see a category in the listing, the ranking is missed, like they are not indexing in the keywords that they have in the listing. So I think this is a very interesting topic because it's something that happened to every seller that can say it has a fair or fair enough good or very successful listing because competition is always like seeing an opportunity to hurt sellers, right? Mm -hmm. So something that happened in the catalog is that Amazon has a huge amount of fields and information that you can input into a listing. So for example, if we are telling, let's say, shoes, you have a, a lot, a huge list of different attributes that you can input into that listing. And those attributes, normally, they are not all in Seller Central. So when you go into the back of your listing and you get edit, you see vital info, compliance, keywords, or, or stuff like that, description. Mm -hmm. And there, there are not even, I can say, 50% of all the fields that you can put into a listing. We see all the fields that can be input in a flat file. It's a category template, okay? So in that category template, there are many different fields, different columns for a lot of things that normally sellers don't pay attention to. So, but what happened? When we as sellers leave that information blank, we don't fill it in, we just leave it there as is, somebody else with the wrong intention, or maybe not, can go there and input something that is wrong, something that is not part of our listing. So that can just mess everything, like from suppressing the listing to just block you and get an account health notification because you're using like keywords that are wrong, mm -hmm. uh, like forbidden keywords. And this can escalate everything. Catalog is one of the most sensitive ones because it impacts sales directly. Those are the things that most passionate about. Like I love catalog and, and catalog management. And I think that sometimes sellers don't give the importance it needs because they say like, yeah, whatever, I just create a listings once, but you need to maintain it. Right. You need to make sure you have all the information to protect yourself against somebody wanting to hijack your listing or, you know, hurt the sales or the ranking. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that. So obviously all these open and available fields that are 
in the Amazon listing when you're actually going to create it. If left blank, this could easily correlate to damaging your overall sales and impact your business exponentially and essentially move you into a different category, uh, put in forbidden keywords where you would essentially be not Amazon compliant with those keywords, maybe get adulted based off of that, or you just have your entire listing hijacked. How do you go about preventing these and protecting brands that have these kind of issues when you do your audits? When the fields are left blank, that means that we as sellers leave an opportunity there to be filled somebody else in the catalog and that's called a contribution so somebody another seller a competitor or even amazon itself can make contributions into your listings to make it better quote unquote and it actually can hurt you so what happened is that to prevent that kind of issues in the catalog what brands need to do and what sellers need to do like even if the brand is not theirs you can actually like change stuff and input information to to protect it. So a field that is left, left blank in a flat file is an opportunity. So even when you don't have any information, for example, let's say we're selling a shoe. It's a running shoe, mm -hmm. but one of the columns is like the inches for the heel, but it's a running shoe, so it doesn't have any heel. In that case, what we put is NA, like not applicable, mm -hmm. okay? But Amazon is seeing like we input that information. We as a seller took ownership of that field of information. If we just leave it blank, somebody else can come there and put something, I don't know, a pesticide keyword, for example, antimicrobial. That automatically will trigger the system and will suppress your listing. And maybe you will get a notification in the account hill saying like, hey, your listing or ASIN is a pesticide device or something like that. I think the best way to prevent that it's input everything you can. There are things like regulation and in the side of compliance where are drop-down menus mm -hmm. that you are, they're meant to be left blank because the options are just like, for example, the, in the battery options, you just don't put something that is not there. So sometimes what can happen in the flat files is that the field is drop-down menu. So mm -hmm. you cannot put any data that it's not in the drop-down menu. So if it's not applicable, you just leave it blank. In those cases are less prone to have problems because the only information that you can input there is from the drop-down menu. So I think this is the best way to prevent it. Just fill in all the information. And one thing that I heard, and it's something that none of my clients uh, practice as often as I heard it's a practice out there, it's downloading the category listing report. For everyone out there that doesn't know what is the category listing report, this is the report that we can download to see all the information that we have in our own catalog. So it's a huge, big flat file. So essentially, this is doing a comparison to make sure that you see that you have all the correct information and to avoid any potential pitfalls. Yes, but the interesting part is that in the category listing report, we only see the information that we input in the, mm -hmm. into a listing. So that's good. And it is, it's interesting because you can see there all the input that you put. And if you see a discrepancy, so that's where uh, I think the software lead seller is good at like uh, finding those discrepancies. So for example, if I input in my category listing report in my catalog that my product is not an adult product, 
I download it and I see that field saying no in my template. But Amazon can see in the catalog that it's actually yes. So that means that somebody came in and changed something. So the best way to prove that and, and the, way, the best way to find that once it happens, once somebody hijacked your listing, is to go back and say like, hey, this is what we input in the category listing report. This mm -hmm. is all the information we provide for, for this listing. Please, can you investigate who made the change? Because this is a hijacker. Vanessa, I'd like to actually touch a little bit on that. How often should an Amazon seller actually download these reports? Because it seems like this is vital information. And if left blank at any given point in time, like somebody forgot to dot an I or cross a T, that this is just an open avenue for somebody to just come in there and mess up your entire list, yes. potentially compromising your business. I can say that sellers start paying attention when it happens. Mm -hmm. Before it happens, they just don't do it. I feel that it starts to happen when you become attractive enough for other ones to take you down. So for small sellers, like really small private labels that, I don't know, they're not like in the top research of, of a keyword, mm -hmm. maybe that doesn't happen to them. But I see that competition is getting worse and worse every day and nasty, like keywords that you really don't cannot put there and people are doing it. So... I think it's a good practice to start doing it when you don't need to do it to fix a problem. Because when it becomes a problem, you need to spend a lot of time dealing with seller support, with mm -hmm. the brand registry support, if you have a brand, mm -hmm. uh, in order to fix the catalog. Because one, once something is triggered, a violation is triggered, it's more difficult to fix the problem than just to proactively start putting the information and making sure that your catalog is the best that it can be with all the information that it needs to have, preventing that opportunity to happen for the competition to take you down or even Amazon. Sometimes I see that Amazon, the internal team, what they call the internal team, mm -hmm. sometimes they even make changes to the listings without the approval of the brand just because they think it's good because I think it's a better shopping experience for, mm -hmm. for customers. And I've seen in practice that that's wrong. They, they mess up the catalog a lot. And having the record of what you input, meaning downloading the category listing report, is the best way to just go there, open a case and say like, hey, this is my, my category listing report. This is information that I put in my listings. Like, please remove or change all the contributions that others or the internal team did to my listing because are wrong. Right. And I see this happen every single day, like uh, changes just because. It almost sounds like what the line of work that you do is similar to a paralegal, right? You're on in defense of your client and obviously regular maintenance of the listing, kind of like taking care of your car is preventative measures. But it seems like you're actively going out there and finding these issues that the Amazon seller isn't actively being notified about, but it's potentially affecting their overall business. Going in there, filing these cases with Amazon, and then checking back, making sure that they're actually doing their job and resolving these issues. How often did you, uh, would you say like something like this happens? Or how often do Amazon sellers actually have these uh, category changes or these alerts on their account, but they don't actually get notified by Amazon? Well, unless the change is something like a forbidden word or a violation of the policy of the TOS, mm -hmm. you don't get notified. So for example, if your listing just lose the category, mm -hmm. meaning that it's not indexing anymore, mm 
Mm-hmm. You, you just don't get notified. You just see that the, this 18 is not getting orders. This is weird. Like we normally sell, I don't know, 10 pieces a day. We mm-hmm. haven't sold anything in the last week. So you start wondering. And, and the sad part is like when I start working with clients, with sellers, they come to me with the problem. So they don't take enough time to prevent this mm-hmm. uh, from happening. So they're just like, when I have a mess in my catalog, please help me. When you go there and try to fix it once the problem is there, it's harder for sure. And it needs a lot of time in dealing with Amazon and trying to tell Amazon like, hey, this is not right. Like the information that you have is not right. Or investing time, like changing the flat file and uploading again, Mm -hmm. uh, the information to, to fix that. So this is an everyday issue. And I can, I can give you an example. So I was working with a client mm-hmm. and they contacted me because the best seller, it, it was a variation of mm-hmm. more than 40 different ACs in one variation. And for some reason, Amazon just split the variation. I split the variation and changed the sizes. The, the sizes that were supposed to be like spelled in a certain way, they just changed it. And when you call, Amazon or sales support told me like, no, it's a contribution from the internal team. And you're like, who knows better about your listing? You or the internal team? Of course, it's the owner. So the brand has to know better. And the information that they input is the correct one. But the deal was wrong. And they had this bestseller like down for, I don't know, maybe a week before they contacted me. And then I have to deal with the problem and do it. But they didn't get notified. They just was were selling less and wondering like, hey, what's going on? Right. Clicking into a listing and seeing like, oh my God, all my sizes are all over the place. So customers cannot see it. They mm. having difficulties to find the size they want. Yeah, that's a problem. And you don't get notified. So where do all these changes actually happen, especially with these uh, alerts that happen that most sellers don't know about? Do they appear on the front end of the listing or do they mostly appear on the back end or is it a combination of both? And, and it just seems like with what you do, I imagine that you probably spend hours on a weekly basis chatting with Amazon. You're probably on hold on, on at least like a good three hours a day or something like that. So where would you say all these changes are happening? Well, the ones that hurt sales the most, they're not raised to account health or stuff like that, like big uh, issues or like negative voice of the customer or things like that. You see it in the front end, in the listing. So you start seeing like maybe the bullets disappear, the description disappear, or the category is it was changed or you are already not, not part of the node with what we call the node is the like the relationship between the categories because it's not being a, for example, a running shoe. Mm-hmm. It's a subcategory from the clothing, apparel, and jewelry. So sometimes if you just fall from the subcategory, your rankings start like going up and you are stop indexing. So I think it's a mix between both. The most evidence ones are the ones that happen in the front end and they normally hurt sales like immediately. You stop selling, you customers stop seeing your listing. Mm-hmm. Even maybe the ads stop running too. Mm-hmm. Because you're not there you or you don't have the Bible, so you lose the Bible, some stuff like that. And in the back end, what we can see are things like changes into the listing directly, like keyword changes, title changes, pictures, all those. And unless you are like currently or constantly looking after that, it's really hard to notice. It's really hard to notice when somebody put into your like, 
attributes or subject matter, a forbidden keyword. And that's why the category listing report is important to have because you need to have somebody in your team just making sure that everything is the same. Nothing changes unless you did uh, you made the change, of course. But that information, you can see it in, in both ends. Is there a way to lock the listing to prevent any kind of changes from it outside of just constantly inputting every single field? Because that seems like the best option, right? Obviously, to fill out every single field beforehand, download your report, do a cross comparison. But is there a way to lock it to prevent Amazon from, let's say, going in there and switching your browse node or breaking up your listing or preventing a hijacker? Because again, you left like one little blank open and you weren't aware of it. That's a great question. And I love it because there is a thing called contribution rights. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the ability that sellers have to change or modify or create a listing from a specific brand. Mm -hmm. So once we create our listing, let, let's talk as a private label. So we have a brand and this is our brand. We're going to create the listing. We will create it. We will input everything we can into the flat file. We will intentionally not leave anything blank and we will upload it. That will make you as a seller the top contributor for that listing, okay? Technically, that will lock any other seller from contributing into your listing unless something was left blank and the other seller has higher or similar contribution points or score mm -hmm. to change the listing. So there is no way to lock the listing completely because I've seen like even brands that have brand registry and they're locked, like what's the name? They're even gated. Mm -hmm. I've seen that Amazon, the internal team, still can make changes. So this is like a pyramid. So on the top of the pyramid, it's Amazon itself. So right. they can make changes into the listings whenever because they have the biggest or the higher score for contributions. Right, then, obviously the house. Yes, obviously. Then below them are the creator of the listing mm -hmm. or the owner of the brand. That will make you the top contributor in a non-Amazon contributor. And after you or, or, or below the seller, there are other sellers selling in the listing that have a contributor right into your brand. So if we're talking about a, a brand registry brand and you're the only seller, you're probably just competing against uh, the contributions against Amazon. And the interesting part and something that we honestly don't know, uh, it's impossible to know, is who makes the changes. Because if you see in the news, you maybe have seen that this, what's the name, conspiration theory against uh, Amazon having employees that get paid to change stuff and taking down competition. Yeah, people having connections in Amazon to go affect other people's listings because they can see more of uh, what's going on on the back end of a listing than anybody else can. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me, I already told you, like Amazon has the most power and the highest contribution rights. So we don't know if somebody comes after a super high listing, a super successful listing that, mm -hmm. I don't know, top hundred in the in the category and they wanted to take it down and change something it's impossible to tell well unless you're amazon it's impossible to tell who did the change it can be somebody in somewhere 
from from the company just changing stuff or it's a seller with vendor account for example and that's something that i sometimes heard like vendors or oh, that we can add to the pyramid so mm-hmm. before sellers in seller central vendors. or or between amazon and sellers in seller central there are vendors vendors have a higher contribution rights than sellers but what happened is like when a listing is created or changed from vendor central it starts becoming a amazon retail listing so that is almost impossible to change unless you're amazon like after somebody changes and a vendor changed or, or modified that stays like that so it's really hard to change it after that that will be like the pyramid then amazon first then the vendors then sellers and between sellers the creator is the top contributor unless there is somebody else with higher power or, or contributions a higher catalog and that is that that is a score that we don't know how it gets measured but what i see it depends a lot of volume sales mm-hmm. That you have from that specific brand if you of course are the owner of the brand if you have a huge range of products from that brand so for example let's say you sell nike and you have one listing of nike and you sell tens of thousands of units a day mm-hmm. that really won't give you a higher contributor rights from the seller that has a catalog of 10,000 asins that sell maybe twice a month because you have a wider range of things into your the catalog and this brand. So we don't know what's the formula for contributor rights, but for sure owning the brand, it's super important. And being the biggest seller for mm-hmm. that brand, that also, that, that also makes you a higher contributor in the pyramid. So if I'm understanding you correctly, obviously Amazon is at the top. They own the platform. They're they're the tip of the iceberg. Then it goes vendors, then it goes sellers. But to get these contribution rights that you would have these contribution points on creating the listing and adding information to it, it could depend on multiple different variables, right? The amount of information that you fill out or if the breadth of your catalog, right? Uh, essentially how many how many listings you have, it doesn't really matter based on sales. It, mean, it means on uh, the variations that you potentially have in that brand. No, it matters on sales, of course. Okay. Um, because I can have a, a catalog of, I don't know, 100,000 SKUs mm-hmm. and not sell anything. That would make me a higher uh, contributor for that brand. But if we're talking about like, I've seen like, and I'm saying this as an example, because that was a case that I work with. So this seller had only one listing for that brand and they wanted to change something. They wanted to change the title. And there were other sellers in the same listing that had more than one asing for each brand. So that's harder to get the contribution rights for somebody like only sells one product. Because it's like saying Amazon contribution rights are like saying to Amazon, look, I am the expert of this listing. Uh, I am the expert of this brand. And if somebody comes with a catalog of a uh, hundred thousand SKUs and selling, I don't know, half a million units a month or whatever, mm-hmm. it's the case. Uh, and they say, hey, I'm an expert in this brand. Amazon will say like, okay, we trust you because you have sales because you have a huge catalog. And it seems like you know what you're doing. Versus a seller that has only one listing 
mm-hmm. that sells maybe 10,000 units a month. And they say to Amazon, like, hey, I want to change something because I know this brand. If you put things in a balance, who do you think it will get the contribution rights? Yeah, I'm going to imagine the person that's created the product versus the, the expert on it versus uh, the other party. Exactly. The other party involved. My initial question would be, is there ever a chance that a seller could actually supersede a vendor in contribution rights? Because I would imagine that they're obviously going to get the product from the vendor, but they may not understand the exact details of the product. And they may have a better understanding of it at the end of the day with the type of materials that go into it, the parts and labor, essentially understanding the ins and outs of that product versus a person that's just a fulfillment center. In practice, I haven't seen that case. Like I haven't seen a seller or from Seller Central changing uh, vendor listing because the vendor listings are Amazon retail. Once a listing is created in vendor, it's like automatically it becomes an Amazon listing and that will get locked very hard. Honestly, I haven't tried too hard to change it, but I would, what I try and what I've seen from other people and talking to other sellers that try in some point to do it, uh, it's virtually impossible but i don't know i wouldn't say like it's extremely impossible and maybe that's why for example you see sometimes that there are duplicate listings so one is vendor one is an amazon vendor amazon listing amazon retail listing and the other it's the exact same product but managed by a seller central account so there are multiple sellers so what i see the way around to you know, having a better listing than a vendor listing is just creating another one. I do not recommend it, but it's a way. And that says a lot about how hard it is to change one vendor listing from Zeller Central, which I think it's not possible. Where do you see the biggest categories where you're constantly getting all these uh, catalog issues and alerts? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there is a specific category where, where everything happens, mm-hmm. but it's the categories that have the most competition. So, for example, floating shoes apparel is very competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food is extremely competitive. Electronics, super competitive. And, and electronics is very sensitive because those listings are in that category has a huge amount of fields to input. Mm-hmm. You can literally put everything. So if something's left blank, that's an opportunity to to something happening. And in my experience, I can tell you the people that get targeted are the medium to high success listings and with good ranking. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the top 10% of the category. So if, if a category like clothing and apparel have, I don't know, four, 40 million ASINs, mm-hmm. so being in the 10% makes you a target. But I wouldn't say like there is a specific category with everything happened. And now... What I see a lot and, and changes that I've seen and alerts that are happening really often are the pesticide alert. So Amazon is going after every listing that has any keyword related to pesticide, claiming that it's a pesticide, for example, antimicrobial or bug-free or hypoallergenic. Those keywords are almost now forbidden unless you have an EPA registration number. So yeah, a lot of people is getting impacted with these changes and there's, it's not a specific category, it's everybody. 
That's that's really odd that they would just have these false flags go off based on just a specific keyword that's in a listing. So uh, based on your understanding, it's happening across the board for uh, for pesticides, for quote unquote pesticides, even if they're in a supplement category or they're in kitchen, they're in kitchen or they're in glassware. If it says anything that's going to trigger an alert, it's not even going to bother to see like historic data. It's just going to instantaneously false flag it and that could potentially suppress your listing. Yeah, a false positive. That, that's what we call it. Mm-hmm. And it's very annoying the best way to fix that is changing the keywords. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a very sad thing for uh, all our marketers, friends, and all people like doing PPC and ads mm-hmm. with those keywords because they're important. If somebody wants to buy, I don't know, something for the face, like mm-hmm. hypoallergenic cream, mm-hmm. that, that's not a pesticide. It's just a feature of the, of the product. And so... I, I think that's the best way. Amazon is not smart at all to see something, something like that, not being a pesticide. So, for example, a toy, mm-hmm. it's like, this is not a pesticide, it's a plush toy. How can yeah. you say it's a pesticide? And I feel it's because if everything is automatic, it's just a system, an algorithm that it just triggers keywords and that's it. There is nobody there actually looking after the products mm-hmm. and the only way we have to uh, Amazon take a look at the product and say like yeah of course this is not a pesticide is to open a case and just deal with them like uh, to try to fix it and obviously that takes a precedent because the message is really clear you cannot use those keywords they're almost becoming forbidden unless you have an EPA registration number mm-hmm. so I wouldn't lose time fighting it a lot. I know that you can. Like I have success fighting it and, and leaving the, the antimicrobial keyword into the listing not, and not having an EPA registration number, mm-hmm. but it takes time and knowledge on how to do with Amazon and all the regulations. Well, you guys heard it right there. Vanessa Hung is an expert at fighting with Amazon. So you're more than welcome to reach out to her and hire her on that. Let's actually segue a little bit I want to hear your thoughts on uh, navigating flat files because I know that you've avidly posted about flat files all over your Instagram, all over Facebook, you're all over in Wizards and Amazon, you're all over uh, Clubhouse. You are essentially the flat file expert. So tell us a little bit more about flat files, how Amazon sellers can actually use these to prevent all of these things from happening on their listing, even though potentially there's still a slight risk of getting attacked from hijackers or getting issues with Amazon. But how do flat files benefit the listing? Well, I love flat files. And you said it well, like I, that, that's how I live. Like that's how I see Amazon as a, through a flat file. So we need to, the, the first thing, and, and if you are not familiar with flat files, these are files, Excel files, mm-hmm. where all the columns or all, all the fields that you can input into a listing are there. Like you can see them. So for example, there, it's going to be a column saying title. There's going to be a column saying brand and you will need to input your information for the ASIN or the listing that you want to create or, or you have in your catalog. The category listing report, the one that we can download from Seller Central, that will give us our whole catalog in a flat file. 
So we don't need to build anything. It's, it's already there. It's already built on Amazon. And they just translate that information that we put in Seller Central into an Excel file and they give it to us. And it's a category listing report. So having that information, it opens the mind or, or the reach that you can see your product, that, that the product could be. So obviously, if you just create your products in Seller Central, you never get to see all the information that you can input in the style. Mm -hmm. So in the flat file, you can see five different columns for style. And you wonder like what you put there. So if it doesn't apply to your listing, you don't put anything or you're, you put NA, not, right, not applicable. Exactly. But if you want to input more information, more keywords, more opportunities for you to index, to attract customers, you put what you think is it's right. So if we're talking about a running shoe, we put there like running, trail, competition, I don't know, whatever. And that way we use it. So platforms are not friendly. I, I wouldn't say that they're the easiest part of Amazon catalog, but there are tools that if sellers learn how to use it, Mm -hmm. It will change them dramatically the way they can manage their catalog. Because, and, and another thing that flat files have, is like if we have a, a hierarchy of, uh, on contributions, mm -hmm. internally, there is a hierarchy in contributions inside of your account. So if you contribute to a change or you make a change from Seller Central, so you click edit and go to vital info and change the title there, it probably won't change that easy. But with a flat file, if we upload a flat file with the change or with the different title, that will change almost immediately. So flat files have more weight in contributors because they are more powerful. And that's why I, I work with them. I need to work with flat files because that's the only way sellers have to modify the catalog really well and really hard. Like one change made to a flat file, it can stick forever and it can make changes immediately uh, versus what we can do in Seller Central that sometimes take longer or don't even get to change anything in the listing. That's pretty impressive that a flat file right there, it can easily boost your quote unquote Amazon karma on uh, with your contributor points and actually stick for an uh, extensively a long time. So with that flat file, this is essentially, you're downloading this uh, pre-filled template. You're populating as much information as, as humanly possible that you can know about this product without having to use Google or talk to the manufacturer or reach out to um, any of your suppliers. And then you're pushing this information back up and it could either have an immediate change or it could take up to a couple of days, but usually the information sticks. Is there ever a yeah. chance that Amazon could just go in there and do a slight tweak on your own flat file? Or is that something that just they're not allowed to do? Is that privy just um, to the sellers? They don't tweak your flat file. What they tweak is the information they have in the back end of the catalog. And that can happen. Um, something that you mentioned there, flat files, when you upload the flat file in Seller Central, mm -hmm. the report will tell you if it went through or not. If it went through, you only have like the maximum time, amount of time to see the change is 24 hours. I never seen it take it so long. It's normally like maximum an hour. Um, so changes are immediately. Mm -hmm. So if it takes longer or no, in the other hand, the report can tell you like, look, your flat file didn't went through because this, 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 and this. So, and the report will tell you what is wrong. 
So sometimes you can input some information in a in a cell or in, in a field that it's invalid. As I told you, there are some uh, fields that are a drop-down menu. If mm-hmm. you put something that is not in the drop-down menu, Amazon will tell you this is an invalid value. So you cannot put it. So you need to just know and learn how to read the report in case something goes wrong. But it doesn't take days. It's, it's pretty fast, super, super fast. Mm-hmm. And if you see that the, the, another thing that can happen in practice, Mm-hmm. So I go there and I upload a flat file. Everything is perfect. No problems. Everything was successful. And I don't see the change happening on, on the front end, which is Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. In that case, we have a problem. Okay. Uh, in that case, you need to raise this to the internal team, seller support team, brand registry team, depends on how you want to raise it. The catalog team is the one that it's able to help you unless you are a brand registry. Because, and that's the other part, oh, this topic is so interesting to me. Internally, Amazon, remember that I told you that they have the biggest contributor rights? Mm -hmm. So internally, they have their own pyramid. So the biggest, Mm -hmm. and and from what I know, the biggest team or the, the highest team that has the contribution is the brand registry team. So if they, if you're a registry, they are the only ones that can help you to fix it because the catalog team, which also have contribution rights, it's not able to change a brand registry team. So uh, a brand registry listing, sorry. If you have a listing, so for example, I'm a wholesaler. I have a problem with a title. I need to change the title and this product is not mine, meaning I don't have the brand registry ownership. I go there and talk to the catalog team and they will be able to help me if the listing is not brand registered. Okay. Okay. That's one case. Or the other case is like, we are a brand registry owner. We need to change something in our own catalog from our own listing. We need to raise the case to the brand registry team because the catalog team won't be able to help you because the listing is locked by your brand ownership. That is actually a very interesting hierarchical structure when it comes to uh, essentially having these uh, these brownie points for fixing your own listing. So obviously the brand registry team is going to be superior to the catalog team in some aspects, and then catalog team is going to be superior to the brand registry team in some aspects. What type of seller do you see get affected most by catalog issues? Is it retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, wholesale? Wholesale? Wholesale. Wholesale, wholesale easily? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, well, the retail arbitrage, uh, arbitrage model, any uh, retail online, I see that the sellers that are using that model, they don't really care about the listing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't care because you go there and buy it in Walmart or Target or TMS and mm-hmm. you just buy it once, maybe twice, twice if you're lucky and you sell it and that's it. And then they almost never, if, if I can say always, like never, they get contribution rights for those listings because it's very recyclable. Like they just upload it, sell it, and delete it. Upload it, sell it, and delete it. They, they never like restock the product. So they don't get contribution rights. And they don't care, honestly. They don't care. I've seen, I seen sellers that come to me with problems and the best answer problems in with this type of model, with the arbitrage model. Mm-hmm. And it's something like, do you really care to solve this problem? Because it will take time and it will cost you money. And they're like, 
no, but if I only sell three items, like I only, I just only found like three items in DMX and I will never sell it again. Mm -hmm. So they don't really care. For wholesalers, it's different because they replenish the items, they restock. So Mm -hmm. they stick to a brand. So for example, I'm a wholesaler. I have a good relationship with a brand. You know, that's my best seller. Mm -hmm. And because they share the buy box with other sellers, that's when things get dirty and complicated right. because everybody wants to contribute and everybody wants to be the, the main contributor for the listing. Yeah, so imagine, exactly. And also so they imagine, want the buy box as well. Exactly. So imagine like having, let's say 15 different sellers mm-hmm. changing the title at once. So that's where the problems come. And maybe it can be like, with the wrong intentions, like mm-hmm. to take down the competition, or it just can be like, hey, I want the contribution. Like, what if I change something here? Yeah. Um, and, that, and then so that's I, where Amazon comes into place and says, hey, kids, simmer down. I'm in charge. This is what's yes. going on. Yes, that's, what the, that's why the catalog comes in and say like, no, we are in charge. Mm-hmm. And they can tell you, well, I was blessed to have that answer once where they told me, seller support told me like, no, the main contributor for this brand is blah, blah, blah. And right. you are not. So that's awesome. That, that's an awesome answer because if they can tell you right away who is the main contributor and how far are you from getting the contributor rights, you can make a plan. But I that was one time and it hasn't been the case anymore. I don't know if you're lucky. You may get to know who is the main contributor for the brand that you're selling and want to sell. It's not common. It's not a common answer. I, I, I'm pretty sure that the team was just not thinking about the, what they were saying or not knowing that they could not say that. Oh yeah, they pro- they probably have like a, a nice little point system on the back end. They could see it. It's like oh yeah, this person they have an A plus next to them, and this person's got a B minus, so they're the top contributor. So Vanessa, I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with this final question. If you were working at Amazon and you were in charge of alerts and catalog issues, what would you change to benefit sellers and also to restructure things on Amazon? Oh my God, that's the best question Lay that it on me. I have ever been asked. Like wow. So as a president of Amazon catalog. My first change will be a dashboard, like, a, you know, your Instagram likes dashboard. Well, it will be something like that, where you get updated every time something changes, like in real time. It will be awesome. So here, change this. This keyword changed like that. So in that way, and I bet they have this, like, this is, this is not something that I'm making up in my mind. They have this for each listing, but they don't share it with us. Mm-hmm. So I will make that in a huge, like, it will be the first thing you will see when you get into the seller central. Mm-hmm. And it will be like a, a news, like a Twitter dashboard, like updating every time something happened. So people just can go there and fix stuff and, and be proactive. But one part that happened in Amazon is like, they don't really like to be proactive. Mm-hmm. They just shoot and then, after they kill somebody, it's like, oh, oops. So proactively, you you are very limited. But for sure, that will be as a president of Amazon Catalog. That will be my first thing. Thank you. 
your first change. Vanessa yeah. Hung, president no, of catalog one, and alerts over at Amazon. <laughs> that is her official title. Vanessa, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Elite Seller Show. Uh, you guys can find Vanessa all over Instagram. She is all over Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook. You can reach out to her uh, on any of those platforms. You can check out her website, Online Seller Solutions. She definitely knows what she uh, what she's doing. Obviously, she's an expert. I definitely met her in South Florida. Very cool person. If you guys enjoyed this episode, come back for another one. This is Joshua Porter. Go over to EliteSeller.com and you can sign up for a 14-day free plan. Use the code JOSH15 at checkout and I'll see you on the other side.